Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Episode 7, Still Alive. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, we're going to gloat a little bit about our Sam Burns 80-1 to ticket. He emerges at the Valspar Championship, which was awesome to see. We mix in another game of over-under career earnings, this time the Cameron Tringali edition. Of course, we're going to preview the Wells Fargo Championship and get to our picks, update you on Michigan golfers, including young kid playing some high, great high school golf up here in northern Michigan. And perhaps best of all, you're going to be able to hear Hunter shank the pronunciation of Joaquin Neiman once again this week. Not sure why he can't get that right. Sorry for a little background noise. If you do happen to hear uh, a baby crying in the background, that is a figment of your imagination. That is not my daughter. So just something to keep in mind as we go through the podcast. Sorry if that bothers you. I think she just did it again. So better hurry up and go. Well, you played a little golf, right, this weekend? Yeah, we played um, Bayview opened on, what would that have been, Saturday? Would have been the first. Um, the Petoskey Bayview Country Club. The Petoskey. You don't know what the colloquial Bayview is. Yeah, the Petoskey Bayview Country Club uh, opened on May 1st, Saturday. So we played... My little guy and I played nine holes on uh, Sunday uh, afternoon. It was pretty busy. I mean, it was it was gorgeous out, so uh, to to be expected. Um, we're kind of in that. <clears throat> I think so. He's this. He's four. So this is his third year at the country club, like swinging. And it's always been where you kind of you don't. The last thing you want to do is like hit shots with him and then have him wonder like wondering why he can't hit the ball that far and like have him get discouraged so like it's finally happening now this year where it's kind it's kind of this year now where he's he gets to hit one shot and then he lets me hit one shot and we kind of go back and forth so previously in the years summers past when he plays with me it's more just me letting him hit shots and but now it's actually kind of exciting because he's fine with me hitting shots as well uh so Ball is good, and he's uh, he's. Hitting. I see what you mean. So before, like you would, it was either one, or, like whenever you were together on the golf course, he was the only one that was actually playing. Yeah, I would have like a wedge in my hand, maybe just to like chip around, but I didn't want him to like see me hit it far, and then him be like, "Well, why the hell can't I hit it far?" And then like him get mad and like not want to like be there. But yeah, I get that. He's been yeah. like he's been really looking forward to to being out there so we're excited i mean he's he's pumped and we actually have a new uh tad just order him a sand wedge which i think he'll really like he's nice. he's got a big uh infatuation with hitting the high right now he wants to hit the ball in the air which i think is like every kid's dream well that's yeah it's pretty fun yeah you so, just tell him to watch some tape of keegan bradley yeah yeah, he'll, not, be it, he'll be hitting it to the moon in no time if he sets his hands like that. I saw a really funny tweet over the weekend where somebody was like, I will never watch Keegan Bradley play golf and not think that his clubs are too short. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's so bent over in a dress. 
but it's phenomenal how he can flush it so well. So how far is Mac hitting it? Like when he connects right now, uh, when he connects, he can probably get it about 40 yards, 50 yards. I would say with a, with a three wood, it's like he, a three wood driver, whatever those. Yeah, is he hitting woods off of tees? Yeah, and I think I, I think I kind of messed up there. So like for for like future parents, I think I should have started with a wedge. I was just thinking like total surface area, and like pop. So like if you if you hit a driver well, it's probably gonna, or not even hit it well. Progress. If you just hit it at all, it's probably gonna go further than what a sand wedge will. But I just don't know. Because I think just because of how much they want to hit it high, that <clears throat> maybe maybe I should have started with a wedge. So I think he'll – we'll see. I mean – As long as he likes the game, I don't think it matters. You just want to start him on something where he doesn't hate it. Oh, he loves it. He was out there for – we were out there for two and a half hours on Sunday, and he didn't want to leave. Yeah. Because yeah. like, starts, he starts, like, rolling around a little bit, and you can tell getting tired more so kind of, like, at the end of the nine. But, no, it was good. I uh, I figured something out too. Thank God before the, uh, this weekend, I was um, I couldn't hit a solid. Like I couldn't hit an iron solid. I finally focused on the spine, and it sounds so simple, but I actually like kept my head down, which I know is like a very beginning a beginner step thing to do. But I I, I almost kind of smothered it with my chest at impact, yeah, and I was no longer hitting it two or three grooves high it was i mean i was the ball was going high in the air it was it was it was something that i hadn't done much of this spring so you'd been hitting it fat i'd been hitting it thin i so like i just been coming i'd been coming up on it a little bit which is always something that i think i do yeah, you, in, in the yeah. beginning of the season especially mm-hmm. but if if i i think spine angle for any golfer especially somebody that hits it left to right which is obviously a majority of amateur golfers I think it really comes down to just you see baseball players that try to play golf and hit to right field every time. It really, I mean, if you can keep that spine angle, at least you can somewhat set yourself up for success. But just have to remember that for 18 holes consistently, which is not easy. Never was. Joey has long told me that my chest is a good sort of indicator for consistent ball striking. So he says, he's always said, you want to keep your chest over the ball and then moving through the ball, which if you think about it in terms of the spine angle, that's just the other side of your back. Yep. So you can think about it in those terms too. It's just like, is my chest always kind of like facing the ball? And then when I'm swinging down, am I moving my chest through the ball all the, all the way? And then visually, what does that look like? It looks kind of like, like Henrik Stenson, David Duvall, you see like they look like they're still moving through and forward and up kind of through the golf ball. And those are obviously examples of really consistent, good ball strikers. It's a really hard thing to conceptualize and see in your mind. Like when he first explained that to me, I really struggled to understand what exactly he was telling me to do. But if you can feel it a few times, it definitely can improve your, uh, your ball striking the weather up there. We're not going to be playing any, the weather down here stinks this week. We had eighties over the weekend. It was almost too nice to play golf. And now we're back down into the mid to low fifties. And it's, I mean, so overcast. It might as well be eight o'clock at night right now here. 
Yeah, that's how it is here too. I think it's forty, probably forty-five top today. Ooh. I didn't see much above, maybe like low fifties. I'm gonna try to play. Um, oh, one more thing regarding this golf this weekend. I uh, I didn't sit the Scotty Cameron down, but I did put a new grip on the Scotty Cameron. So I put a like a fat grip. I put a golf one of those golf pride. I don't know, it's that red and black one they came out with maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. Wow. Um, you, cheater. you cheater. Why don't you just arm lock like Zalatoris and Webb Simpson while you're at it? Well, let's not, let's not speak too soon. That might be right, that might be right around the corner. Uh, it did actually feel pretty good. I mean, I, I made some putts on Sunday. The I played four, four holes the worst ball before it started raining and made some putts. Well, while you were out there working on your swing. I was working on my bank account over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe we made it 10 minutes and I haven't said anything, but congratulations. It's <laughs> nice to get back into the winner's circle. More important, congratulations to anybody who happened to come across this podcast and decided <laughs> to put some of their hard-earned money on Sam Burns, which you probably heard me say that. And you either thought, who? Or why would I ever bet on that? Um... That's why you listen to this podcast. So that was really exciting. I'm so happy for Sam. I really like him. Uh, I really think that he has a potentially really super bright future in golf. I don't think people, even after this victory, realize just how good he can be, but probably you saw a glimpse of it. He obviously is. If you put him next to Dustin Johnson. They, they look physically, but almost kind of like the same person. He has that really, they're both tall. They have that athletic frame, wide shoulders, and they have those huge swing arcs that allow them to hit the ball flush far and high with every club through the bag. Then you saw some of Sam's touch, too, on the back nine. He is a bit of a streaky putter, but he's a good putter. And he has a good short game. And I think he pretty much shut the door on the golf tournament when that second part five on the back, when he hit that third shot to about a foot. So that was probably – that was a tricky little 80, 90-yard shot or whatever. So I was happy to get back into the winter circle. You know, it's been a few weeks since we cashed an outright. You're never going to cash a ton of those, but it felt like we were due a little bit. Obviously nice to hit something in the 80 to 1 range rather than something in the mid-20s or whatever. So that victory will last a little while. Of course, like every gambler, you cash a ticket and you have two reactions. One is you feel pretty good. You pat yourself on the back. Obviously, you just picked one guy out of 156 to win a tournament, and you were right. Granted, I bet I had three other outright bets, but that's still pretty. And good. the other instant emotion is, well, I should have bet more. <laughs> Isn't that? Oh, that's a killer. It is. <laughs> that's uh, very very accurate. Hard to believe he's only 24. Holy shit, 24. I. Yeah, I think it's LSU because for two. Yeah, two years at LSU, went pro, had got some invitations, played really well, got into one of the last few groups at Honda, played with Tiger. Hard to believe that that's two full seasons removed now. So, And that was like my baseline. He's been at it a little bit longer. Then I think the other lesson 
that we have to take from this that people sometimes we're eager to dismiss certain players if they can't finish it off when we're watching them on TV and they get a lead. Burns has been in the top five at the 36 hole mark of five events this season. That's the most on tour. He this this particular event marked the third time that he held a 54 hole co lead, which was tied with Speed for the most on tour. So had I read you that statistic last week on Monday or Tuesday, you probably would have said that guy can't finish. To me, and it, the lesson that I think is there for if you're trying to guess at what's going to happen, you know, gamble on golf. Like the fact that he's up there and close means that he's good. It doesn't mean that he's bad. How you play on Sunday or Saturday is those first few times when you're exposed to those kind of situations is not indicative of your what you're going to do in the future. In other words, most of us experience failure on our way to success. It's no different for these guys who are on tour. So don't dismiss somebody because they've struggled to close out a tournament after 54 holes, particularly if they're still young. They're putting themselves in position that probably means they're going to do that again. They have tremendous talent, and it's more like it's a matter of time, and you'd rather be early than late. Uh, on those. So that's the lesson I think we take from Sam Burns is just it's so hard to win one of those. And you're probably not going to do it on your quote unquote first try. The first time you're in the mix or whatever, you know, you're probably not going to handle that well. It's really a difficult and brand new experience. So he hadn't handled it well. But I told you before, leading into the week in the last week's episode, the reason I liked him is because he had blown leads here because he had been in contention and faded, I knew he can get himself into position here to have a chance. That's what I care about. What happens on Sunday, you never, you don't know for sure. So I was glad partly for me, but more for him to be able to finish it off. And I hope that he continues uh, to excel. He's got a ton of talent and is a great player. So way to go, Sam. Yeah, should be a obviously be a pretty bright. It's a bright present. Should be a bright future as well. We had good. We, well, I we saw the board pretty clearly last week too. Huh? I mean, Glover did me dirty, 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 dirty after charging up the board on Friday. He uh, he had a rough Saturday, which happens, but he ended up finishing outside the top forty, which cost me. And Schwartzel had a. Backed up a little bit on Saturday after a good Friday, which cost me the top 20 by a stroke. But yeah, I saw that. Kokrak was predictably solid. Schwartzel still hit the top 30. I only lost, I think, on Glover and Rosie. Yeah, I think. We shot about a million. Yeah, my, my only um, my only loss, I, I went four for five, I think, this weekend. Uh, my only loss was, was Martin Laird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The the plus one ninety top forty did not hit, but the did he make the cut? Uh, no, I think he missed it by one. I want to say. Yeah, you're uh, digging a little deep there on that one, but uh, well, well, don't speak so soon. Matthew Naismith top thirty at plus three ten. So wow, I, that hit that hit. Oh yeah, yeah, he played. Stuck in there, huh? He played well. I think he finished. Uh, he finished either one or two shots inside a top thirty. Charlie Hoffman was easy money. <laughs> 
easy money the whole the whole week. I still can't believe I got that at plus yeah. one seventy top thirty. Uh, Neiman played solid the whole week, and then uh, Coke Rack I had as well the top thirty. So no, overall it was. I need to. I think moving forward, I so I, I if you haven't noticed a trend here, I've like I typically stay away from outrights. I've I've been staying away from outrights, but if you're gonna keep if you're gonna keep going into Saturday having like three of your four tickets in the top five, I don't think I have much of a choice but to start betting some outrights with you because I feel like I'm missing the party a little bit. <laughs> uh, your recency, yeah, your recency bias is showing a little bit. Remember, <laughs> we had some struggles. It's been granted. It's been a better year than Mellist. I mean, precedes this podcast, but we hit Justin Thomas at the Players. We hit Dominic at Corrales. Spieth at Valero. Burns at Valspar. It's only May. Yeah. No, so, don't, don't granted, there's, there's been some tough weeks in between there. Like, the Masters was a rough week. The match play is a joke. Barely even bet on it. Thank God for the diamond at the Corrales. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping we can keep it rolling. I just don't have quite as clear a vision about the Wells Fargo that I had about the Valspar. Do you? I was uh, – no, I, I really I really don't have a – have a good beat on this tournament at all i I found um i found a few um finishing positions last last night that i liked um but like nothing nothing that really stands out to me that or like no no guy that stands out to me that go that makes me think i have to have him so i'm like looking at like guys like john rom has not hasn't really had hasn't ever played at Quail Hall besides the 2017 PGA Championship, I believe, which he finished T58th. Obviously, as far as form goes this year, there's not many guys playing consistently better than John Rahm. I just I don't know if, if we can equate his only as one start that was just the PGA Championship to how his success um, in the this season so far. So it's just like it's tough to really – to like try to find the combinations between who fits this golf course, who's playing well, who has history here. What are your, uh, <clears throat> what do you, what were your initial thoughts or what, what are you, what are you thinking about when, when betting this golf course? Have you ever played this golf course? No, I have not. Yeah. Um, it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. It's, you're right. It's when you look at this board, I mean, this is one of the premium regular events of the year. I believe 10 of the top 15 and 13 of the top 20 in the OWG are in the field this week. So that's about as strong a field as you will get for a regular event. That's not an invite uh, WGC or a major. It's also one of the toughest venues on tour. So um, Rory somehow shot 21 under here <laughs> one year. I think that was in like 15 maybe or 14. The rest of the winning scores are quite a bit lower than that. And I think this is our regular time of year, unlike the Valspar, which got lower scoring because it had moved on the calendar later into the summer and therefore the golf course was a little softer. So 
And I think this will play... Of course, it's going to play tough. It's a par 71. They can push it all the way out to 7,600 if they want. And then it's the toughest finishing three-hole stretch on tour. They call it the Green Mile. Everything's got to have a name now, I guess. So, <laughs> Sand Trap, Bear Trap, Gator Trap, and now Green Mile, or whatever we played. What did we What did we have last week? Um, the Snake Pit. Snake Pit. Snake Pit. And now we're on to the Green Mile. So, Hunter mentioned it is long and you need a premium driver, which is not to say that you need a bomber, but you need somebody who gains a lot of strokes off the tee. So I thought it would be interesting to just go through and name some of these guys. So this is going to, I'm kind of listing these off, but total driving this year on tour as you can probably guess, Bryson is first, followed by Corey Connors, Sungjae, Rom, Rory, Hovland, who's kind of short, but he hits a ton of fairways, Cam Davis, Emiliano Grillo, Jonathan Vegas, Luke List, Xander Shoffley, Bubba, Ryan Bram, our guy, Brennan Steele, Ryan Moore, Tony Fino, Joaquin Neiman, your guy. Mm-hmm. Jason Day, former winner here, Carlos Ortiz, Keith Mitchell, and Keegan Bradley. If you make that more recent to the last 24 rounds, it's similar. But Gorilla pops up a little bit higher. Day pops up a little bit higher, who seems to be playing quite a bit better. Um, Brandon Haggy, who has flashed form, pops in there, as does Abraham Answer. So those are kind of some interesting names that pop in. Oh, and Will Gordon is the other one that I should mention because I bet him at 350 to one and he absolutely nukes it. And then in terms of just, just pure distance, who hits it the farthest? Bryson, Wyndham Clark, Will Gordon, Rory, Luke List, Brandon Haggy, Neiman, Brem, Cam Davis, Grayson Murray, don't think he's in the field. Salatoris, Johnny Vegas, Tyler McCumber, who is in the field and does pop here and there, um, are the guys towards the top of that list. Other notables on there would be Xander. So, like, those are your, kind of your premium drivers on tour. Is the li- is the winner going to come from that list? Well, only four other courses on tour where driving matters more than this week. So I'm not saying it's going to come from that list. I'm just saying whoever wins this week is going to gain strokes with their driver, um, presumably both in terms of accuracy and length. So there's different ways to do that. One is the Bryson way, which is to bomb the ever-loving, you know, hit it as far as you can. The other way to do that is you mentioned like Fowler and Rose who have great histories here. Fowler is not a particularly long hitter, but he's a very straight hitter. So basically, you're looking for some of the guys who are the better drivers on tour. The fun thing about that is that it opens up some possibilities because a lot of the better drivers on tour are some of these younger guys who have long odds. This is a really hard tournament to win. It's a premium venue. They played a PGA Championship here. They're going to play another one in 2025. But I do think it's a fun week to mess around and see what you can find in the hundreds, two hundreds, and three hundreds, because you might knock into an each way on one of those just because the driving, total driving and driving distance is so 
weighted here in terms of how that matches up to people who succeed and ultimately win on this golf course. So that's kind of the way that Quail Hollow plays. Obviously, this is Rory's track. He's the only two-time winner here, and he plays good here every year. You mentioned history. Some of the other guys who pop up history wives, I mentioned Fowler and Rose. Mickelson. I saw that name. Has phenomenal history here. I mean, the guy basically gets fourth or fifth place every time they play here. Palma won in the last edition. Day before that, JT won when they used this course for the PGA. James Hahn. And then Rory's most recent victory. I guess that's all the way back to one year they had to play at a different course. So that's all the way back to either 14 or 15 there when Rory went nuts like he does in one by seven. Um, you want me to take you through the top of the board here just so everybody knows where we stand? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, and I'll give you uh, – I have a few uh, few finished positions that, that caught my eye. JT is the favorite at 8-1, to one. second straight week. He was awesome again with the ball striking last week and couldn't putt. Stop me if you've heard that before. No, Followed by Rom, who I also really like. It's hard not to like on a huge, long – golf course where you have to be long and straight off the tee, which is exactly what his game is. Bryson is 14, which almost seems like value. Xander is 16. Vic, Rory, and Webb are all 18. Finau, 25. Cantley, Reed, Zala, Torres, 28. Connors, 30. Answer, Neiman, Tringali, who is hot as can be and, and became the uh, highest earning PGA Tour player without a career victory with a tie for third last week. They're 33. And then Homa, the defending champ, 35. Sung Jay, 40 to 1. And it goes on from there. So, like the Masters, you kind of feel it's a really, this is a really difficult event to bet. Again, kind of like Augusta. It's not as short of a field, but like you feel like it's going to be a premium player and the odds that somebody 20 to one or under is going to hit pretty likely. So you kind of manage the bankroll that way. And I'm guessing that's what you're going to do too, by just picking out some finishing position stuff. I think so. But there's a, you mentioned it, the the two feelings you have after you win a bet. There's a third feeling for me. I, I can I concur with those first two. The third one is let me see the board for this week. Like, let me get me to the board. I was, I was hawking the board yesterday. Like, when are they? Because FanDuel puts up finishing positions, I think, on, like, Monday afternoon, it seems like. Maybe Monday night. Uh, so, actually, it must be Monday night because I looked yesterday at, like, 4. They weren't there. I looked again at 8, and they were. Um, so, uh, I, I just have a few that 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 caught my eye. Um, and... Unfortunately, two of them I think qualify as heart bets. I don't like heart betting. I like I like betting with my brain. Typically, I feel like those cash more than betting with your heart. When you when you bring emotion into this into this cruel equation, it's never going to be good for anybody. But I've done it, so we're going to see how it works. Uh, my my oh, two the truth is we all we all do it even when we try not to. So especially, I think it's especially true for golf, just because golf being our favorite sports like it's easier to to latch on to a guy like i was on Harmon for two months and i don't think i mean you could have told me Harmon broke his arm i was probably still gonna bet him for those two those two months he was gonna <laughs> find a way to top 40 uh those the, my two heart bets this week uh i'm on joel Dahman. i don't 
I don't know because everything that you just said, I don't think he like qualifies for, but he he did t second, um, the year that Max won. So mm-hmm. obviously it was it was three shots back, I believe. So he wasn't necessarily in contention. Um, but they were tied. When, they were all tied when they teed off. Okay, so I I do like um, he's plus one sixty five to top forty. So I I am on uh, I am on Joel. I am also. It's a really good number. It is a really good number. You got that on Fanduel. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. And then I'm not I'm not entirely sure why Max Homa is plus 115 to top 30 his his form is really good um he kind of shit the bet on sunday this past week but he played exceptionally well leading into it he he hit some like really phenomenal uh like i saw probably two it looked like two or three three woods five woods long irons into par fives this past weekend that i mean that were almost tapping eagles so I'm not sure why he is plus 115 to top 30, but I am on him as well. Um, just obviously with his uh, success he had uh, the last time the tournament was played. I uh, I mean, he's 35 to 1, so that seems like a, the number that you got for top 30 seems kind of inconsistent with that. If you look at probably the other guys in that same neighborhood, they're probably not getting as good of numbers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. it is strange. Two more picks I have just right now that I think I will. I probably will add an outright or two. Um, Pat Perez to top 40 is plus 240. I really, really like that number. Uh, is that with your head or your heart? That one is more with my head, I think. Okay. Um, I like Pat, but that Joel. How can you not? Yeah, the Joel and Max pick I, f- I didn't feel as confident about, but Pat, I don't know. And I'm not sure. I haven't dove into the stats at the Zurich, but Kokrak and Perez obviously played well until the last five holes. I'm not sure if that was Kokrak doing that or Perez or a mix of both. So he did have, I mean, it ended up being a, a T21, but could have been a, a, a T5, T6 uh, two weeks I think ago. That his form is not that good, but he's had good success here and he kind of needs a good week. And I think his form is good enough to carry him through. So. I kind of like it too. I like all your, I like all your numbers. And then, um, one more, just because of everything we've said, uh, needing to, to hit it off the tee and hit it straight off the tee. Um, I love Neiman. Um, Neiman is always at the top of the list for all of these driving statistics. He is minus one Oh five to top 30. I, I mean, I couldn't love that number more. I probably will. I probably will rebet that number, uh, again before Thursday, just because he hits a lot of fairways and he hits the ball far down the fairways. Do like I did and get yourself a top 20 on Jason Kokrak on every app that you have because you <laughs> forgot that he already placed it a couple times elsewhere. And so I hit a bunch of those. <laughs> and uh, a little inconsistent by me after what I just said about Harmon, but I did see Harmon in the field. I don't think I'm going to bet Brian Harmon this week. He scares me on 7,600-yard golf courses. Yeah, no, I don't think he's 50 to 1. His odds are super inflated right now because he's carrying great form. And because he won this tournament the year that they put it at a different site. Oh, at that Eagle Eagle Point or whatever when they were getting ready. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. So he's not a he's not a good value this week. No. All right. So take us through, recap those. There were four of them. Yeah, so the uh the four picks I had, um, I have Pat Perez, the top forty, plus two forty. 
Uh, Joel Dahman to top 40 plus 165. Uh, Jaquin Neiman to top 30 at minus 105. And Max Homa to top 30 at plus 115. And I still, so I've been trying to find like five bets. I'm just probably try, trying to find like five bets a week. Um, so I'll probably find one more to to round it out to five. I'm not really sure because I'm, I'm not sold on anybody on that on the top of that list by any means. Um, Xander kind of caught my name or caught my eye just because that that ticket or that price you gave for Xander was a little different. I have him at uh, nineteen to one. Rather than I think you said sixteen, so I yeah I, yeah I said sixteen or eighteen, yeah sixteen. I don't I don't think I have Ram at at um, plus a thousand. I don't think I'll touch that. I don't Justin Thomas um, if he could make anything inside of or anything outside of four feet, he might get some of my money. But <clears throat> until I see that happen a couple times, I'm not uh, I'm not convinced. Well, the thing that I hate to burst your bubble, but it's never going to happen a couple times in a row. Well, it's good. It's good. Save me some money. You're waiting for something that's never going to happen. So I have kind of a similar strategy, if you will. Like I really like the favorites. I'm going to play DraftKings and I'm going to play Rom and JT. I think Rom, in particular, as the third favorite, is great value in DraftKings. I'm not going to eat ten to one and nine to one, but like. This is now a ball striker's golf course. It's a little more forgiving off the tee. And you don't have to make a ton of birdies because you can shoot like 12 to 15 kind of under and have a chance to win. And you lay it out that way. <clears throat> Sounds just like Medina. Sounds just like a, it's just a Justin Thomas. He's already won here for a major. If I could bet him to win 2025 here, I probably would. I'm not going to eat the 9-1, to one, but like, don't be surprised if him or Rom just come out this week and go wire to wire. And everything that I'm about to tell you is just burning money. <laughs> but in the event that does not happen, there are some guys whose odds I like. Okay. First, might be feeling myself a little bit on, on some of these because I'm coming off the Burns victory. <laughs> that, that, was my two guys. that was my Pat Perez pick, or all those, like two or three of those picks were, I had a good week last week. So you got to just quickly. try to keep yourself anchored, you know. But I am excited about some possibilities and some great storylines this week. There are a lot of guys in this field who have ties to this area or who excel in this part of the country more than they do elsewhere like Webb I'm not betting Webb because I think he's too short but you know who else this guy went to Wake Forest I believe he's in the best form of anyone on tour he just took a week off here we go (laughs) so he's rested his odds maybe two weeks off his odds have drifted because he has not played. And that man, as you know, Hunter, is Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris. Absolutely. This might be the week for him to get his first win. It's a great 
golf course for him. He likes to hit it right to left. He bombs his driver. He gains a ton of strokes off the tee. These are big greens. He'll hit a ton of greens. He's going to be able to keep it in play. Like, I have no reason to believe that this guy is not going to play well. I said 28, but I got, an, I got a nickel at 31 on an early number, and I just snatched that thing right up. And I said, this is a great golf course for Will Zalatoris. He's probably played here, maybe. I don't know, but he's finally rested. Like, I think he was getting a little tired. He played a lot of golf. A lot of really good golf. He got kind of tired. I think that was RBC. Didn't play maybe quite as well. So you're getting a little drift there. There's some ties to the, at least the state. It's not like super <laughs> similar, but it's in a similar area of the country. So he knows the style of golf. And it just seems like a great Quail Hollow. Seems like a great Zalatoris course. So that I jumped on right away. The other guy that I jumped on who has no history here and whose odds I actually thought this number was a little short for him, but I knew I wanted to bet this guy uh, before the odds came out. And that is Harold Barner. 90 to one went to East Carolina from Akron, but I think he even maybe lives kind of in that part of the world his last individual appearance on tour was a tie for second. He's 90-1. Now, everybody has forgotten that he tied for second at RBC Heritage because that was such a long time ago, meaning like three weeks, which is an eternity in golf gambling. So he missed the cut at the Zerk, which was a team event. I don't care. I think he's in great form. Again, this course is a little more forgiving than most for wayward, crooked shots off the tee. He'll have a few of those. I think that this guy is destined for a breakthrough soon, and it would make a ton of sense for that to happen here. So, Salatoris, I got at 31. I think it's down to 28. Shop that, though, because you might be able to get a little bit better number. I also jumped on um, Varner at 90. Okay, and then another guy who has ties to the area. This is a little more of a long shot. But have a little fun with me this week. Get yourself an each way on this, and let's ride some Doc Redman, baby. Went to Clemson, just down the road from Charlotte. Born in Chapel Hill. Quite a bit of noise, noise surrounding this kid when he came out on tour has like so many guys has maybe underwhelmed a little bit, went through some struggles with his game, missed some cuts in a row. He's been playing a little bit better lately, just well enough for me to think that 175 is a value. He's good off the tee. He's going to know this style of golf and his, his form seems to be improving. I just think that's a potential type of play and then each way is going to pay out. 20 or 25 percent of the 175 if you can top six if you can get that or look around at a top 10 numbers or top 20 numbers something like that which i'll get to in a minute okay and then just for fun because i love that this like i said at the top this is a bombers course and you can bet some of these younger guys i have each ways on all these but i got aaron wise at 150 
you remember I was on him at the Honda too, and he played pretty well for a while. He kind of fell apart on the weekend, but he was in contention Thursday, Friday, oh, yeah. which means nothing other than I think this is another good course for him, and he has had some high finishes here, and he's a PGA Tour winner, and that's a really high number. Cameron Davis, bomber, Australian, was in great form a few months ago and has kind of fallen off a little bit, but he's really going to be able, this is the first time he's going to be able to use his driver as a real weapon here in the past few weeks, so I expect him to play much better here. 125 to 1 is an interesting number. Brandon Hagee has popped here and there. You know why? Because he can hit it a country mile. Absolute country mile. I mentioned him in those driving, total driving stats. This guy is a great, he's great off the tee. Now, this was like 10 years ago, but I caddied once in a group that he was playing in at Cherry Hills, and we were at altitude. And there were times where he was hitting his ball, and I was pretty sure we were never going to find it because it was going to be off the property, (laughs) maybe out of the universe on the moon somewhere in orbit. So, like, kind of like that Cameron Champ type of vibe where I feel like this guy, if he gets hot, he could easily have a top 10, top five finish or maybe even get into contention. And then Will Gordon, who's fifth in driving distance and ninth in greens on tour, and is mercurial, but seems to have stabilized his form a little bit lately. As you know from doing this podcast with me, I bet him pretty much every week. I think this is a better fit than most, and 350 is really fun because if he top fives, you're hitting like an 80-1 to one ticket. Yeah. So, like, that's that's a little bit of fun. So that's kind of my strategy this week. And then I actually have not had any – I haven't seen any top 30s and top 40s yet. My numbers aren't out. But that caused me to get a little creative last night. So let me pull up this screenshot on my phone and tell you what I did do for finishing position last night. And I'll probably add to this with 30s and 40s. But I thought I got were some I got what I thought were some pretty interesting numbers. First and foremost, Rory McElroy is even money to top 20 on his best course on the PGA Tour. Nope, not touching it. And you're not going to like the rest of these picks either. (laughs) Because the other guy that I'll be backing for a top 20 is one Ricky Fowler. I think I like that more than Rory right now. It's plus 275, baby. $10 bet pays out almost 40. So I'm on that. Ricky needs a good finish. Haven't seen him in a while. Hopefully he's been working on his game. But again, he gets on this golf course and like it feels like home to him. Yeah. So you can't ignore like I'd rather ride guys with good form, which I'm doing with outright tickets like Zalatoris. Um, but these I'm willing to take a chance on because your history can get you into the top 30 or 20 just because you know how to get around there and you feel so good when you're there. Redmond, I'm backing on finishing position too because I really like the pick. Five dollars wins forty. I think it's plus six fifty to top twenty. And you know who else is plus six fifty to top twenty? Who I mentioned at the top as having great history here. Haven't seen him in the top twenty at a PGA Tour event in a while. But boy, are we going to have a fun week with these long shots and these finishing positions? Because not only am I on Rory and Fowler to top twenty, but I am on Phil Mickelson, baby. Plus 650 to top 20. 
I do not hate that one bit, actually. I like that. I kind of like that. I because he has to, he he does have he has awesome form here. He has always played phenomenal here. He loves this place, man. I don't know where he's going to hit it. I don't know how old he is. I don't know what his body feels like. He makes so many birdies. Yeah. He still was making tons of birdies at the Valspar. So I, I just think this guy is one of the greatest players ever. Is he done finishing in the top 20 on the PGA Tour? No, he's still going to pop here and there. This seems like one where he could pop. I never back him. No, no, actually, no, right. But this is that's a good number. So anyway, five dollar bet. You're gonna if the payout hits is thirty seven fifty or whatever when you're getting plus six fifty to top twenty. Okay, so though if I get top thirties and top forties, the other guys that I didn't mention that I might look at are I might get back on Keith Mitchell this week. Um Lucas Glover. I know he did me dirty last week, but like he's just hitting hitting it so good that I think I can get back into a top 40 type situation with him, which I'll probably get plus ish money for. Um, and I think he can, like, I don't think he's going to play that, that round on Saturday was weird. I don't know what happened there, but he just didn't play well. And I don't expect that to happen. He's not known for shooting high numbers. Um, so, and then Matt Jones is another guy that I think is an incredible form that we haven't seen in a little while. And all of a sudden now his odds have drifted a little bit and he's like a hundred to one to win this thing. Like, didn't he just win a tournament? Yeah, I saw that too. Actually, I, I ju- just fine. I just saw that name actually. Um, and I was surprised. the guy's playing incredible golf. Yeah. He hits it. He bombs it. He hits it right to left off the tee. I don't know what the history is like here, but he should be fine here to top forty or top thirty, Matt Jones. So those are a couple that I'll look at. And then I can't resist when I open my apps. Sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but I li- I cannot resist looking at the PGA Championship odds. And one of the ones that I found last night that I thought was really interesting because I'm going through these odds. Okay, what did I say that Abraham Answers odds were this week? I think he's 29. Does that sound right? 29 to 1? He's 80 to 1 when PGA. Abraham Answers 36 to 1 on FanDuel. And he's what? He's what? what? What is his PGA? 80. Is Kiwa too long for him? Dude, he hits it pretty far. He is he hits it far enough. Enough. That and it's so straight. Oh yeah. That, that it can it, it can work. It can work. If it works here, it can definitely work at Kiwa. So I actually think like I'm playing him in DraftKings this week. Like I said, I'm playing Ram and JT. I actually think this is a pretty good setup for him. So I'm worried that that eight to one is gonna come way, way down. It definitely, definitely could. Um, a few takeaway from your picks. I was actually kind of, I was, I was, you beat me to it, but I was going to probably, I was going to try to dig our heels into the ground kind of be not an anti Will Salatoris podcast. But when I saw that he was like the fifth, the fifth ranked player in this field on the power rankings, I like laughed. I go, he's ahead of Xander. He's ahead of Xander. He's ahead of Rory. He's ahead of, um, who are some of the other names that he's out of? This is the week, dude. Oh, he's out of Homa. He he just got he just got engaged. He's thinking about he's thinking about his love life. He's not thinking about the golf course. Dude, he just bought a house. He just got engaged. He just took a couple of weeks off. He's never been better, and now he gets to go tee it up 
in an area of the country that he's comfortable in on a golf course that should, should suit his game perfectly coming off a, a medal at Augusta, right? He got second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. We don't handle. He can get a second at Augusta. He can win at Quail Hollow. He's thirty-one to one, and he's rested. He's got engaged. He's probably been. He's probably been partying, partying the whole the whole week. I don't. uh, No, you don't party. That's why I I clarify. That's not what you do, Hunter. (laughs) We we gotta get to that point for me first. (laughs) I wouldn't be aware. Uh, I. And, I, and that's why I clarify it. I don't want to be an anti, I don't want to be anti Wills Alatoris, but you just said it about Sam Burns no less than forty minutes ago. You, like you got to be in this moment a few times in the tour before. And I know you could say he did it at the Masters, but I, I think he needs maybe like I'm gonna give him a couple more of these tries before something extraordinary happens. Boy, oh boy! So I will boy, not. Boy. I will not even be oh, close. Way out on a limb there. I think he's giving you quite a bit of evidence that he's a good player. Oh, there's no doubt he's a good player. I mean, I think that's obviously not. That's not the question at hand because he just finished second at the Masters, which is a pretty good field. Not a bad field, but I, I just can't. He's like 23. He's like 22, 23 years old. I don't know. I. I get it. I get it. And the number's still really short. Like there are a lot of betters out there who have the exact same sentiment as you. And I have, I've largely had that leading up to this point, but I can't ignore the evidence that this lines up really, really well for him. So I had to take the 31 and I really, I'm, I'm, there's only one, there's one other guy that I didn't mention that I might bet. He was kind of short. And I mentioned this, I think before you started recording, but don't be surprised if I end up placing a bet on Tony Finau this week. <laughs> you did mention that. I, I mean, I, I just, I, it's, it's like similar to, you just gave a stat like half, half hour, 20 minutes ago of someone that has like, you, was it Tringali that is now the highest earner on tour without a victory? Yeah. It's very hard for me to put like outright and, like I know highest earner on PJ tour without a victory and Tony Finau all in the same set. Like those, those things can't be in the same sentence because Tony can't win. But I know. He, I know. If there was a, that's if there the was thing. A, just like the Zalatoris thing, just like the Burns thing. I know it's taken Finau longer than most, but the last time I was on him, he lost in a playoff. And I hit the each way. So, <laughs> Oh, I remember I was on that. We might end up with a three way play. We're going to have a four way playoff. This five-way playoff this weekend between <laughs> Zalatoris, Varner, Haggy, go Haggy, Redman, go, go Haggy, and and either Phil or Fowler are gonna sneak in there too. Yeah, I mean we're just yeah, that would be theater. There's no there's no doubt about Rory's that. Rory's gonna be two shots back, tied for seventh or however that works out yeah i mean um, i'd feel more comfortable if there was like uh not an outright winner but if there was who's going to finish second place in this tournament Finau, i tony where, where's tony i'd, I'd give him i'd give him money <laughs> so that's, that's so true okay hey you mentioned the tringali thing so i, I had so much fun <laughs> playing that over under game last week with you that i have to do this again okay tringali now is the highest earning player without a pj tour victory as we've said probably 100 times now he has approximately $13.74 million in earnings. Insane. I ask you, <laughs> over or under Cameron Tringali's career earnings, and I have a list of players here, starting with Ben Curtis. 
Do you know who Ben Curtis yes, is? Yes, yeah, he used to wear like all the NFL uh, NFL yeah. branded stuff back in one of British Open in the two thousand. Uh, I think I, I would assume Teeing off like three hours before the leaders. <laughs> I think I think Curtis had a pretty good a pretty good run there in like the the mid two thousands. I would think he had a little bit more than thirteen five, whatever you. Wow, Honor, you are one for one. That is impressive. Okay. Ben Curtis has $13.8 million in career earnings. He just edges out Cameron Tringali, probably until Tringali can tee it up again because he's hot right now and it's probably going to have another good week. Okay, next. Tom Watson, over or under Cameron Tringali's way career under, earnings. Way under. Like way. Course earnings? Course earnings, it has to be under. It is under. It's not <laughs> way under. In- inflation's a real thing. It's 11, very real. It's 11, okay, it's 11.1. Okay, sorry. I thought I was going to... You were so bad at this game the first time. I thought I'd get... Oh, I, I, I haven't slept in a week. I've been, stud- I've been studying right. every single facet of the guy, statistics. Our guy that we've talked about now a fair amount on this, Matt Jones, over under Cameron Tringali. Um, I guess I would, I would think Matt Jones is only like 27, 28 maybe. No. Am I thinking oh, of pushing forty? Australian Matt Jones. He looks yeah. he looks really good for forty if he's <laughs> he's a good looking guy. Uh I was so my rationale was gonna be I think he's kinda young and I don't really know I don't know, I, I guess maybe under. I'm not sure that that one I'm a little I'm, I'm not Yeah, no, I shouldn't have I should have just let you fall on your own sword there, but um No, he is over. Oh really? What is yeah, he, what is yeah. he at? He's 41 years old. Yep, I see. You might want to look at an updated photo of him. Did you watch the Genesis this year? He was he won the tournament, I think. Um, no, he's he, no, he didn't. Max Homo won the Genesis. Um, he won the. Uh, what did he win? St. Jude. What did he win? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're the Matt. Okay, hang on. Matt now I have to look it up. You're the Matt Jones connoisseur. I'm not. Apparently, 27 year old Matt Jones. Oh, the Honda. Sorry, he won the Honda. The Honda. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, the Honda. My bad. So what is, what is he at? How much? What is his? 15.1 uh... mil. He's 25th in the FedEx Cup, too. I really think he's going to have a good week this week. Um. All right, quickly, we got to get to the Michigan golfers. I know you have a shout-out to get. It's kind of a – I don't have much to talk about in that regard because it wasn't a great week. Uh. Well, it was for on the corn ferry for three rounds, or I guess two rounds, three rounds for a little while. Yeah, for a little while. I think we're Skip you know, Joey appears to be building building something there, so I'm excited about that. He was ahead by three through two rounds at the Huntsville Championship in Alabama on the corn ferry. Um, ended up tied for 13th, so that did move him up a little bit. He's up to 65th. He needs a couple more pop weeks, but we're, we're, we appear to be building something there on that end. Uh, Stewart and Bram both played okay, but not well enough. Bram shot 72-71, tied 88th. Stewart 71-73, uh, 98th, so they both missed the cut. But I will tell you, you've heard Bram's name a few times in my preview for Quail Hollow. If you were ever going to get on – Ryan Bram for a finishing position or an outright or anything like that. I think this would be a good week because you can, he's a, he's just an absolutely elite driver of the golf ball in the world. So 
this is a driver's golf course. So if you're going to play 700, Ram, this would be a good week to do that. And then you had a, you had a little high school action that you wanted to bring up, right? Yeah. My, um, I was just scrolling through Twitter this morning or Instagram maybe. And, um, my jaw hit the floor. So there's this kid, um, when I was in high school that came out of Sheboygan that, so he's a class, he's class of 2023. I was 2012. So he was probably like five or six when I was 16, around 16 junior high school. And he was like from the very beginning, kind of, kind of dubbed a phenom. Like he was going to be very, very good at golf. Um, he'd been in Florida down in Orlando now for the last couple of years, PJ Maybank, uh, the third, I believe is his name. Um, he, I did not know. Uh, he came back to high school here. Uh, I don't know if he's going to finish out high school here. He just shot a yesterday uh, in 45 degree weather, raining. Uh, he shot a 64 at Petoskey Baby Country Club as a sophomore in high school. That, I, I eight under. Yeah, eight under. Uh, I, I really can't wrap my head around. Because you, you have high school players, and they're usually seniors or juniors or seniors, like older kids that have the skill. Like they can, they have like the, the pure talent, but they're so stupid that they like get, they get in their own way nine times out of 10. So to, to shoot a 64 in high school is absolutely like unbelievable. As I mean, he still has two more years to, to hone his game. He, he won the drive chip and putt championship two or three years ago uh, at Augusta. So he's like, he is, done i mean he has put in the the time and obviously um he is a hell of a player um so it'll be really cool i think that's that's a name that you need to keep an eye out for um just yeah and we'll keep you posted here we'll follow him as he as he continues to play through the rest of the season and keep you posted on his scores that's yeah i mean i don't know um i didn't know like i said i know he was back but um I mean that's gotta be. I mean I'm, I'm sure he just beat the field. I'm sure he beat the field by my no more, no less than ten shots. It yeah. was it was nasty yesterday. A seventy four yeah. in that weather would have been a good. I would have taken a seventy four. Yeah, I would have. I shot seventy three. I thought I think I shot seventy two or seventy three there in perfect weather as a senior. So what's it? Yeah, that's why I'm doing a podcast <laughs> and not on a golf course. So uh, it'll be it'll be cool to see where see where he goes. Uh, see where he goes from here. Obviously, he has a uh, the world is his oyster because he's a, f- a freaking sophomore. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, just keep having fun. That's what golf's all about. Yeah, so, yeah, and I think uh, don't take it too seriously. Just have tee it up, have fun, try to make birdies. Yeah, I think that was some of the the better advice your brother ever gave to me is like you just especially high school golf like there's not like much it's not much to worry about like high school golf like just go play any really any golf and that that can translate just to the regular playing the, the last thing you want to do is get so worked up about like a, a single bad shot because we aren't very good I mean you're going to hit bad shots so if you let that bad shot affect your next six shots it's going to be a long round you're going to start you're probably going to put up a high number you're going to yeah. put up a very high number so, I mean, that's just, and then, which I think is the one of the most fascinating things about golf is how mentally challenging this very fun, stupid game is because it's yeah, mentally sure. well, Congrats to PJ. That's awesome. We'll keep following you and uh, keep everybody posted on what he's doing. Yeah, definitely. All right. Good luck at the Wells Fargo. Yeah. If you, ever, if you got a Burns ticket 
And you know who I am. Text me. I want to know who you are. You probably bet a lot more on it than I did. I, I would hope not. Like, I, I really, I hope we don't have a ton of listeners putting a substantial amount of money on Sam Burns eight to one. Now, now they should Was it start more than five bucks. Now we just start putting substantial amounts of money on eighty <laughs> to one tickets. No real corrections from today's episode. Rory's win that I mentioned was in 15, not in 14. Um, I didn't make much of a case for Varner. I do have one, which is that beyond the second place finish at Hilton Head, which I know is not a similar course at all, really, to Quail Hollow, um, he's 24th in Tita Green this year so that's plenty good to think that if he bumps into a hot putter he could get into the middle teens under par um since we recorded earlier this morning i have added answer to top 20 at plus 150 and finau plus 110 i'm still contemplating an outright on finau as well all right good luck everybody talk to you next week